Hello and welcome back to my next episode, Dating Tips for Single Women. I'm your host, Antje Boyd, founder of findtheoneelite.com. And today I have Susan Winter here with me. Hello, Susan. Welcome. Hi, Antia. How are you? Ah, I'm so excited you're here with us today. You're such a well of knowledge. And for those listeners who don't know who Susan is, let me tell you a little bit about her. Susan, as seen on Oprah, best-selling author, relationship expert, Susan Winter, allowing magnificence and older women, younger men, writes, speaks, and coaches on evolutionary forms of loving partnerships and higher thinking. Media credits include The Oprah Show, The Today Show, Good Morning America, ABC, CBS, NBC, Evening News, CNN, BBC, Cosmo, Harper Bazaar, People, Good Housekeeping, New York Magazine, and on and on the list goes. In radio, Susan is a frequent guest on NPR, ABC, Playboy Radio, and CBS News Radio. She's also a contributing writer for the Huffington Post and the Good Man Project. And there's so much more to share about you, Susan. So with that, I welcome you to Thank the you. show. Thank you, my I'm so excited, so delighted, and so honored to have you with us today. As we talk about the breakup triage, the, the cure for, for heartache. Well, right? break, breakups are an inevitable part of the dating process, and we've got to get good at it. We can't hide from this. We know that there's a greater likelihood that we will enter something, start it, and it won't work out. That's a greater likelihood than finding your way to the one. But on your route to finding your way to the one, we can be really skilled at knowing how to handle love's loss. And if we don't train ourselves to do that, we are always going to be terrified to love. We're going to be terrified to let go. So we need to learn, right? Absolutely. That's why I love talking about this because so many women don't take any romantic risks in dating because they're you know, they're just so afraid of that breakup that could happen. So, so if we teach you how to frame the breakup, then you can feel more comfortable entering love, right? Because you're not going to be a, a novice at it. You're going to know what to do, tuck and roll, do what you want to do. Oh, that sounds great, Susan. Let's do it. And and I'm curious, like, how did you get into, like, the uh, where did the com title come to you, the breakup triage? And, and then how did you get, get into, like, you know, let's talk about, heartache, like to be, get more interested in that. You know, Auntie, it came from coaching my girlfriends, not clients, girlfriends on the phone. They were like, he left me. Oh my God. And I, they were just oozing out. It was like emotionally bleeding out. And it reminded, I felt like every time I got one of those calls, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm on the phone for three hours. I know it. Or I'd get two friends back to back, break up in the same day, never leave the couch on the phone. And it always reminded me, I felt like a field medic running out with my little medical kit behind enemy lines that my friend has had his leg blown off and I got to tie it and bind it so that they won't die. So I realized that in the first impact of a, a breakup and, and breakup triage means, triage is uh, attending to the most dire needs first. So a field medic or an army officer would separate them, you know, a little gash from somebody that's got a limb that they could lose and, and attending to the immediacy of this huge wound. And so when this segment, uh, this is part one of a part two book, this segment is for that very first, that first moment you find out, oh my goodness, he's breaking up with me. Oh, this is not a hello text. 
this is a good morning and I'm done with you text. So it's to address the first couple minutes when you're really, you can't think straight, you, you don't want to believe it, you do believe it, you don't know what to do. It's that, that desperate grasping for stability. So this is a, a technique to walk you from one point to the next. And I love that we talk about that, Susan, because breakup is like one of the few times when really our survival comes up. No matter how high we are on the Maslow's hierarchy, when it comes yeah. to breakups, we, we forget what high level we're on. and We just like drop to the bottom, right? Perfectly stated. That's at the most successful, confident, independent feeling woman can suddenly find herself groveling on the ground like an aspect of her that she wanted to forget even existed, but it is destabilizing. And you, once you have a plan, you, you have some comfort. If you are hit with no plan and you don't know how to address the emotions that you, will be impacting you, it will really take you down. Part of um, demystifying this process is to actually talk about it and give you uh, a heads up for, you're going to feel this. One minute you're gonna hate him, okay? And you are gonna to wanna to lash out on Facebook. The other minute, you're gonna be sobbing because you're gonna remember how sweet he was. So you're gonna have conflicting emotions where you're wondering, how can I love and hate somebody at the same time? And so if you don't have a forewarning that this is going to happen, you won't know how to deal with it. But dealing, identifying it, labeling it, allows us to walk through the experience and not have it be scary. It's like, oh, here I'm going again, I'm in a loop. I'm replaying every wonderful thing he did. I'm rereading re re every text message, looking at every photo. That's the loop. And we don't want to be in a loop. <laughs> right. It's, it's so interesting, right? Like after a breakup, it becomes so one-sided. Everything was positive. And it's like when, when the person dies and it's like, all of a sudden, it, there was, he was only or she was only an angel. Like there was never bad moments, right? Everything was always great. And it's so interesting how that brain goes there. And mm -hmm. instead you're teaching the women to, to future pace themselves and be, look, it's going to be all over the map. You are very aware of psychology with your degrees. So you know this, but you know that we can tend to idealize a mate. And that's, that's mm -hmm. one of the steps that I talk about. We put them on a pedestal or we take them off even being human. So mm -hmm. the extremes we want to catch when we're doing it, just not even to be nice to him, just for our own peace of mind. So we can transit through much more easily. Yes, yes. And, and you know, one thing I always hear is, you know, of course, so many women say, well, we can stay friends. So yes. what do you tell those women, you know, because in my opinion, it's like, oh, it's going to be really hard. You need to detach first. And so what, what's your opinion on that? I don't think you can remain friends until the passion and the longing for him is completely dead. When it's dead and you no longer feel sexually interested in him, you can begin to look at him as a friend. But it is really dangerous to go in under the guise of I'll be your friend because oftentimes that's covert for women like, yeah, and so tell me about her, your date. Oh, she doesn't sound good at all. I don't know. I'd get rid of her. You know, it, it can be more frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us more. Like, I love the blind spots that you're talking about. Tell us more about the blind spot that so many women are not aware of when it comes to breakup and how you maybe even see how women handling a breakup wrong. We, we tend to fluctuate into extremes. When we review who our mate is, as we're telling the story to ourselves, we have a number of uh, categories. We could make him the perfect, the perfect partner. Mm -hmm. And the perfect partner is a myth, 
but it is especially important for women that don't get past four to six months of dating a guy. If you've just met a guy and he, oh, he's got a great job and he's nice and he's kind, he's got a good family and he wants, he wants everything you want, he likes everything you like and poof, he's gone. And you are devastated thinking he's the one and only, he was the perfect partner. I guarantee you, you put him on that pedestal and you cannot free yourself. Mm -hmm. The only way he's a perfect partner you haven't lived with him 12 years. You haven't seen him have diarrhea in the bed. You haven't seen him lose it. You haven't seen him grumpy. You haven't seen him ugly in the morning. You haven't seen it. So he's still perfect. And that's, I think, for most women that are in the dating scene, they're not getting past six months. So they're thrown into this perfect partner myth. And you must understand he has the opposite. You just haven't seen it yet. And you have to really now replay the tape of the things did he really seem a little snippy to that waiter? Was he actually kind of condescending of that gay couple? You know, you have to look for what you didn't want to see now to even it out. I promise you, he may have been a great guy, but he's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. So we don't want the perfect partner myth, right? We also don't want what I call the one and only partner myth. It's, I also call it the last bus. Mm -hmm. So in New York, um, when the crime was really horrible in the 80s, People's had to stay above ground and you get a taxi. And Antia, I've had a guy grab me from my coat and pull me out of a taxi and throw me on the ground in the 80s. It was that rough a city because you couldn't get a cab. I mean, now it's, it's very refined, right? Yeah. But um, so I remember waiting for a bus because subway, you take your life in your hands, right? And everybody would be crammed into a bus and nobody rides the bus anymore, by the way, but, but they would wait for the bus and then you see the bus and they're cramming in the stairwell and I wait and I look and there's another bus coming that's empty. Mm. We always think this partner is the only one, the only one who will touch me like that. The only one that I'll ever laugh with. The only one who will understand my quirky sense of humor. We think he's the last bus. Mm. And we are so sure that once he's left, there's never going to be another one. And we have to use our positive self-talk and let ourselves know Indeed, he was special, but I believe that that's our baseline. And what I mean by that is once you have manifested this reality in the physical, it's yours. You keep it. It's not theoretical anymore. You had a great guy. He had a great sense of humor. He understood you. And you know you're not that weird. And somebody does like the movies you like. And they do like the games you like. And it doesn't mean if he goes, there won't be another. It means this is your new normal. And if we can learn to build on that psychological and metaphysical platform, you're going to embrace this a lot better. You, see, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, totally. It's, it's really like the shift from scarcity. It's yes. a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. Well, it's true, though. If you, you know, it's really hard to create and manifest something you've never seen or experienced. Right. What you do, and you're like, I had a guy for a month and a half. We had six months or I had a year. Mm -hmm. We had a good relationship. If, that means you don't start over from zero. Right. You start from there and if women can get a hold of that they won't freak out so much and beat themselves up they'll understand oh a year for me is an easy accomplishment i've done it in the past so you're supposed to gain more confidence right right yeah. absolutely absolutely and that's what i that's what i tell i work with some widows too where i used to say i always say you know what the good news is you had like a really happy marriage so this is already energetically anchored in yourself already guiding you right I love that energetically. 
we have to keep reminding people of this. You know, Antia, we have new information that we didn't have even 20 years ago. It's in the general consciousness now. And a lot of people are aware of these other elements that are at play. And so when we use our mind combined with this new knowledge, we're going to come out at a lot better understanding wherever we get deposited in life, right? Yes, absolutely. And I love that. I love that you have that approach and that you understand that because I feel so many times, you know, as you know, the brain deletes, distorts, and generalizes reality <laughs> based on our subconscious beliefs, right? So and our subconscious beliefs will not say, wait a minute, I had already six months of joy, right? Exactly. exactly. So um, it is hard in the moment. It does take mental discipline. But um, there, oh, oh, there's another thing that we're prone to do. We will jump between perfect partner and the one and only to the worst, the, the bad partner. You know, mm -hmm. oh, he's so terrible. Now, I know it feels good in the moment. And I know it's kind of, you feel this like, I'm getting back at him to tell your best friend what really happened that you never told her before because now you want to dig the screws into him. But the upshot of that is, again, you're going into the loop. You are keeping him alive in your energy field. Mm -hmm. Telling good stories, telling bad stories. It is not helping you in the long run. And while you think it feels good to have all your friends say, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know he was like that. You're so lucky to be rid of him. That's what we're hoping to get? Oh, yeah. Oh, a woman like you deserves so much better. Oh, he was such a rat. I can't believe that. Oh, that monster. We want that. And at the moment, we think it's going to make us feel good. What actually happens is <laughs> you keep doing it, then your friends say to each other when you're out of the room, God, what is wrong with her? I thought she had more confidence than that. Why did she hook up with that guy? So for your own press release, just remember, playing the bad partner too long, get your little ego through a lot of it, but then stop that because that is not good for you in the long run. Yeah. Ah, oh, I love that. You know, And also, you know what I see so often, Susan, it's actually the inability to be vulnerable. Like it, they can't really feel into the defeat and into even the shame, possibly. Explain that to me, and because so that I can understand that. I do, but I want to hear your yeah, explanation. Yeah, so what I feel like is that they use that kind of like evilness, like they really want to cover up how hurt they are, how vulnerable they are. And the more shame they feel, the more angry they get. Because I feel really they're angry at themselves. But, you know, you can't, you know, project all this anger at yourself. So I know the partner. So I'm curious what your take is on that. That is so brilliant. I remember going through this unbelievable anger with a partner of mine mm -hmm. and the hatred and the anger and the anger. And then the, the realization, oh my God, you know who I'm really mad at? It's me. I'm the one who went there. I'm the one who invested in that. I saw the signs. I thought, oh, you won't do it to me. He does it to others, but not me. I'm a good person. I'm wonderful. Why would you do it to me? You know, oh man, I was mad at myself. And that's, you know, every time, like you said, when we get clear, every time we gain this mental clarity and we can kind of progress through these stages, we are just that much quicker to reaching our own healing and our own wholeness and our own confidence. So it's very important that you said that. Thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's always interesting. You know, people come with something that happens on the surface. And yeah. I always say you attract who you're being. So... What does it have to do with you? You know, how, how are you creating this situation? So when he did it to me, what do you mean? <laughs> right? Right. I never put myself in this victim position ever or was passive aggressive or anything like that. And he didn't have a choice. Right? Yes, exactly. Exactly.
so, so tell tell the the listener like more you know what's the sequence of events because i feel what i see oftentimes is the women are so overwhelmed they don't know what to start with right oh i have seven steps so the first is give it a definition create a reason mm -hmm. he might have failed he may have ghosted on you and you don't have a reason and if because you'll spend the first 10 minutes going why 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 did that, what, what happened what happened now maybe your partner gave you dialogue maybe he cheated on you that's pretty clear maybe you don't have an answer first thing to do quick couple phrases uh he wasn't committed to it uh it's not the right time for him we didn't line up properly he can't stop seeing other people what give it an answer just put mm -hmm. that and, and put it in a box and put it over in the corner. You can examine it all you want six months from now. But right now, put it over in the corner. Label it. What happened? Mm -hmm. Two, beware of the loop. The loop is this ongoing obsession with thinking about him, looking at him, going into Facebook, digging around. What did so-and-so, calling your friends. What did he tell you? Did you see him with her? Did you know they were? This loop is not going to help you. I know you feel you've got to do your investigative work. But the truth about the loop is it's circular. And the only one who goes in a circle is you, and you never get out of that game. So you've got to get out of the game at some point. Just catch yourself, naughty, naughty. I'm going in a loop. I'm not going to look at his Facebook page, naughty, naughty. Stay off the Instagram. I'm not going to do that. Then, then you have the several different types. You've got the perfect partner, which we talked about. You've got the one and only partner, which we talked about. You've got the bad partner, and then you have. Okay, so I think we've got enough. So another thing you have to realize is. This comes a little bit more toward the end. And I want to talk about the dream. It's a Susan thing, and it's my version of it, but it's, people really resonate with what I call the dream. I have realized that a woman cannot fall in love with a man unless he gives her a dream. She has to see him in her life. He creates the dream of her future, whether it's a family, partnership, success, upward mobility, connection, uh, companionship, this character, da, 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 he's walking along, boom. She's got a dream, he goes right into the center of it. So what we think when the man leaves us, if he dumps us and it ends, divorces us, whatever, we needed him for our dream. Now we think our dream of a family life, our dream of a future, our dream of a loving companion is dead. In truth, it was never the man. The man was the vehicle and the access to our dream. Actually, we're a little bit more self-serving than we'd imagine. We fell in love with our dream, and we can always create a new dream. If you want a family and children, you go out and you get that. You don't need that man to have it. You will find a way to get it. So separate. You see, if we think, if he leaves me, I don't experience love. If he leaves me, I'll never have a family. If he leaves me, I'll never be happy. That's giving him all the power. But what you really have is your dream. It's the dream that you love. It's the dream you long for in the middle of the night, not him. He was simply your access to it. And when you can make that distinction, you get that big, oh my God, I was in love with my dream. He activated my dream. That's all he is. He's a character that walked onto the stage, a great leading man for a day, for an episode, for a series, and now he's off the show. That's it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we always say, you know, commit to the process and detach from the outcome, meaning what guy it's going to be, right? Commit to the process, which is your dream. Like yes. that's how I see it. Like yes. how you explain yes. it. I never thought about that. Um, but let go if it's like this particular guy, right? Maybe, maybe he's another guy. Just focus on what you want to create in your life 
And I think that's so important because like you said in the beginning, we're so extreme when we break up with somebody, right? Or when they break up with us, you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Exactly. I'll never date men again. Men can't be trusted, right? The whole thing, love is not worth it. And, yeah. men, and by the way, men get really wounded. You know, men don't handle heartache. We talk about our heartache. We work it out with our girlfriends. They come to you, you know, they, they, we've got places to go. But in a man's world, you know, he might sit next to a guy in a bar and say, what happened? Yeah, we broke up. Yeah, here, have a beer. They don't really dialogue it. Younger men now are more emotionally aware. I do understand that the millennial generation and other generations are better at it. But um, we process it. And you're right. It is a process. And it is, we tend to, again, it is the idealization of who that person is. What you are in love with, I promise you, is your dream. That person just made you realize it or made you add a chapter to it that you didn't see before. Oh, I never knew I liked this. So you don't have to give up on your dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what would you tell girlfriends of girlfriends? Because I think like, you know, what about those girlfriends who are three months later, your girlfriend is still talking about the same guy. And, you know, what, what tips do you have for those girlfriends who are like, gosh, I'm kind of, you know, I love her. I'm about to cut her off as my girlfriend. Or like, you know, you see the number in your display, the phone rings, and you're like, oh, God, no, I can't say that the phone. You mean, you mean after a breakup and they're caught in the loop, right? Yeah. You, you can't entertain the loop. Uh, you know, you, to be a loving friend, sometimes you might have to take a harder position. You might have to say, I love you dearly. And if you want to talk about what you want to do in your career, you want to talk about redecorating your home, I'm going to listen. You want to talk about Bob for your own good. I'm not indulging you. Pro sorry, I love you, but I'm not. Because she, in the reminder, you're keeping yourself in the loop. And the loop never, <laughs> the loop is a loop because it goes around in circles. Right. I want you to live your life. Get her. I know it's horrible. Yeah, they do. I know. I know. I know. We all got them. And you know, it's funny. And we try very hard to be big girls. We put on our big girl pants and we go out there and we love and we do our thing. But I've seen the most together women, huge positions in this world. I mean, together, powerful women, absolutely dismantled, like a two-year-old that had their toy taken away from them. And yeah. it, it is something that we have to understand be gentle with and accept that we could, for as powerful and confident as we are, we can have moments, days or even hours, of feeling undermined by a man. But always remember to do your positive self-talk and remind yourself that what you really wanted was your goal, your process, your dream. He's not the only one. He may have been delicious. He may have been wonderful. But if he was kicked off your conveyor belt, there's good reason for it. You don't know it now. But there is. He came off. He's a faulty. You know, the bad ones fall by the wayside. They don't make it to the end. The end. So he came off the conveyor belt. Mm, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting, too. After, uh, after a breakup, you really see if somebody has more internal confidence versus external confidence, right? Like, what if the approval of your partner falls away? Like, how much are you still approving of yourself? Well, we just talked about you can be so highly accomplished, but the breakup happens and you're just, you're a two-year-old crying on the floor, right? I've seen that happen. I've seen married women that seem to dismiss their husband. And then the husband's in the hospital. This married woman is like so powerful and she's got her life together and she's telling everybody what to do. Suddenly, she's a terrified child because guess what? He's her strength. Having him is her strength. 
Yeah. These are also people that didn't work on themselves. We're not talking about a generation that we live in. These are people that just, you know, they didn't think it through. So mm-hmm. the beauty that we have nowadays is we have people to turn to that, you know, are coaches that we trust and they will help us walk this path to get through more efficiently. The Sherpa, if you like, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what would you say, you know, I'm always a fan of like, you know, having really helping somebody not just survive something or get through it, but just really thrive out of it. Right. And just kind of use that as momentum to catapult themselves. So what's like one way, like one reframe of a breakup that, that would really help a woman to just accelerate her manifestation for the right man versus saying, okay, I'm going through this dark tunnel right now. And I hope at some point, Okay, that's my seventh step, and, and I'm glad you brought it up. And, and that's the big realization. And it is a, it's a mental concept, but mm-hmm. it's true. And let me describe it. I was standing at the window. I, had, I actually dated players on purpose. I did this for research because I was a relationship girl that only knew loving, committed relationships. I couldn't help the girls that were going to a bar, coming home, hooking up, and crying. I, I didn't have their experience. So I thought, okay. I'm going to go and rewalk their steps. And I thought, well, I can't possibly fall in love with the player. So I picked a guy half my age. No way in the world I would have been attracted to him. Nothing in common. Had one dinner date. And uh, then I got involved with him later on. And I was like, I fell madly and totally in love. The biggest love I'd ever known in my life. And I knew what I had in my head. So I'm like, oh, my God, what did I do? Why couldn't I distance myself? Why was I smarter? But my heart decided to open up to him. Yeah. And I'm standing at my windowsill. And this was an apartment I had before this one. And floor-to-ceiling win- uh, windows overlooking all of Manhattan. I can see the rooftop of his apartment. And I, he's a player. So he does what players do. He's not going to be faithful. He's not going to come over what he says he does. You know, you know what they are. And I'm still there, I can't work my way out of it. And I'm looking at the rooftop of this building, looking at me, looking, and I feel this love. And I'm thinking, why do I feel love? He's there, I'm here. This doesn't make sense. And I went, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then I got it. The love I was feeling, Antia, was my love. The only love I was feeling, ever feeling at all, this immense thing that was blowing my mind, was my love. It wasn't his love that he was giving to me. It was my love for him, my love in general, my love pouring out of me. And then I stood back, I got goosebumps all over my body, and I went, oh my God, I own the bank. I own the bank. I was hoping for his little deposit check to make me feel good. Oh, call me, text me, make me feel. And I went, oh my God, it's not even about him. None of it's even about them. Then you peel back the layers. It's like the Wizard of Oz. Love isn't even about them, ladies. It's about your ability to love. You own it. You originate it. It is your capacity. It's a teaspoon or it's an ocean that's endless. It is the only love you will ever feel is yours. That's it. And once you catch on to that, the man is a lovely accessory, but not even necessary. Mm-hmm. He's just the guy who trotted in front of your eyes and you went, ooh, I like that. Boom, your love landed on him. Mm-hmm. He had nothing to do with it, Right. Now, it, so when you realize the end of the story, you're like, oh, my God, why did they never tell me that in the fairy tales? They never tell you that stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, I so love that because, and it really comes from a place of interdependence. You know, that's what I talk about so much to even to have in a relationship that in, independent part of you that knows that you can create this love by yourself. Right, right. 
and then of course the the the, um, the interdependence in the actual relationship. So that's like you beautifully picture that. That's exactly how I feel it, and that's how a healthy interdependent woman would feel after a breakup. She's like, yeah, I still have my individual part, and I know I can create this by myself again. And yeah, and the baby that we had together, so to say, right, the energetic baby we had together. Yes. That's not there anymore. But you, but if you had the ability to generate those kinds of feelings that landed on this person, that means you are the storehouse. And so you can feel that again, because again, we go back into the partner myths, you know, I'll never find another one. Okay. He's the only one. So no, it's, he's special, but it's your love that's always occurring and you own your love. And so basically you could go around the corner and look at the deli guy and go, I'm going to decide to love you. And you could basically give it to him if you wanted to. So that's a really, that's a really cool thing to understand the, the power that we do have. Absolutely. I love that so much. And I really love how a breakup can really be a spiritual path for you. Wow. Well, because then you need to dig deep when you're in pain, uh, illness, breakup, uh, any kind of trauma really, <laughs> it makes you look for guidance and you have to look for something beyond what you're seeing in your current world. So it's a really great tool. Uh, I had a girlfriend once who wanted to pray for, she, she prayed for faith and I'm like, don't do that. Oh boy. She got one disease after the next, but she had her faith. I'm like, I know that the road you're going to go on, but um, you're right. It is. It's all a spiritual understanding really. Ah, oh, that's so wonderful. Well, we're coming to the end, Susan. It's been so such a joy to, to hear all this wisdom from you and to just have a whole different take on breakups and going from like resisting that to not inviting it, but like, you know, if it does happen, like to actually lean into it, you know, if something feels uncomfortable to lean into it and, and, and break out of it like this butterfly, right? Breaks out of the cocoon into something so much more beautiful. Yeah, information is, you know, knowledge and knowledge will help you get through having a plan, knowing the markers help you get through this little terrain. It's a rocky little terrain, but, you know, now you have some markers and some guideposts and you know what you're looking at. It takes the scare away from it. It's like, oh, no, no, what do I do? Now you've got some guidance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So do you have one takeaway tip for those women who have like their ear peeled on on the, on the iPhone listening to this interview and just like, give me like one nugget that I can take right now because I just broke up with my guy and I'm in this survival. I can't get out of the loop or whatever it is, just something they can take right now. Okay. No matter what it looks like, you're a plus one. Plus one. Plus one time you loved, plus one time that you merged, plus one time you got off the bleachers and got into the game. And that's courage and that's power. Don't ever ever let anybody tell you the fact that you allowed yourself to love makes you weak or foolish or vulnerable. Mm. It is the most powerful thing, the force in the world, love. And you did it. And you're a plus one. You got kicked off the conveyor belt. You'll find out why later. Oh, I love that. So ladies, take that in. If you're just going through this right now, allow like Susan's words to soothe your heart. And just really take it in that there's a new possibility out there for you. So Susan, so for those of you like, gosh, I just really want to learn more about Susan's wisdom and, and her guidance. And I just really resonated with what she had to share today. Like, how can they find you? What do, what do you have for them? Well, my website is susanwinter.net, N-E-T. Mm -hmm. 
and come to my YouTube channel. You type in Susan Winter into any Google search, you'll get my Twitter feed, my Facebook page. And I'm actually Susan E. Winter in some of these, but if you put in Susan Winter, you should find my YouTube page. And I love, I've moved, I have moved from writing into exclusively videos because I think I can do more in less amount of time and reach more people. And so I've got hundreds of videos. I've been only doing it about a year and a half, but I do two a week. And um, you know, join me on Facebook, whatever. Let me know who you are and let me know that you're, you're in Antia's group and we'll give you a special hi and hello. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Oh, wonderful. So find Susan Winter, if not Susan E. Winter, on, on basically all the social media channels that you can think of. <laughs> if it exists, Susan is on there. <laughs> so Susan, thank you so much. I, I learned so much. So I know that the listeners learned so much. And uh, and just really take that, like, I love to take pieces that are more like shadow, you know, where people don't like to look at. And, and turn turn on the light, bring it out in the open and, and use it as a transformation tool. So well, thank you. You have a wealth of information to share, psychological and quite deep actually, and spiritual. So you're, you're, you've got the complete package for instruction. I'm, I'm really happy that your fans have found their way to you. You're oh, good. thank you. Really thank you, Susan. Oh, I received that. By the way, ladies, always a good practice, receive. Right, it's like another thing, so we could just go on and on here. Ah, oh, Susan, it was so nice to have you here today. And for the listeners, again, this is Antje Boyd, founder of findwonderlead.com. We're signing off. Have a good day, bye bye. Mm -hmm.